Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another ed- edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Ed Birdsall. I know very, very, very strange that it is not Adam with his very vanilla, very generic introduction to the program. But as mentioned on the Basement Talk Podcast, we are doing a uh, trading places this week. Adam was on the Basement Talk Podcast doing uh, the NHL trade deadline show. So if you haven't heard that and you are, of course, uh, hammering and hollering for more hockey, there you go. That is about an hour and a half worth of hockey for you. And now it is back to regularly scheduled programming here on the fantasy show with, of course, the co-host for the Basement Talk podcast, switching places with Adam this week, Jake Simone. What's up, buddy? Hey, you know, you know me. I love my NFL and let's chop it on up, my man. This this is this is like your home, your home, the home away from home. You could say that again. You could definitely say that again. So we are going to be doing NFC South today, and then you'll hear this episode on Friday. And then on Sunday, we will be doing the AFC West divisional breakdown. So you'll be hearing both of those episodes with Jake and I over the course of the next two or three days. So. Before we get into the NFC South and the craziness that is the NFC South, and thank you to the New York Jets and to the Carolina Panthers for the excellent timing of the Sam Darnold trade, which we are not going to cover on news and notes. We are just going to talk about the trade when we get to the Carolina Panthers, just to kind of save some time. We are, however, going to start with one quick question. This is a great question for Jake. And I maybe I've talked about this. I don't know if we've had this question or not. I feel like maybe we have, but things obviously do change over the course of the last month. And there's just so much in the mailbag that I'm just going through right now. And I figure, you know what? If we have talked about this before, we'll talk about it again because it's not Adam and I, it's Jake and I. So we'll get Jake's fresh opinion on this question. This question comes from Corey. And Corey asks, who do you guys value late in drafts that could be league winners this year? So the question is, do you have a late round sleeper as of yet? And it's a, it's a loaded question because we haven't gotten to the draft or anything like that yet, but is there a guy and we'll say that's projected going in roughly doesn't need to be exact say round eight or later in, in terms of a guy that you think can, uh, can win you leagues. So, uh, Jake, if you want to, uh, give a guy that you think could be, uh, could be the winner, go for right. it. So from this, uh, division from the NFC South or just in general, well, this one obviously is very dependent on the NFL draft, but this is a really, really deep one because this guy might not even get drafted depending on the results of the NFL draft. But this franchise is very good at drafting particularly skill position players. How about Anthony McFarland of the Pittsburgh Steelers as that deep sleeper? James Connors out of town. Drafted him last year in the fourth round. I really liked him coming out of the draft. I really I wanted him badly for the Jets over the Michael P. Ryan at the time. But um, how about Anthony McFarland? Got a little taste of action last year. I don't think they love Benny Snell that much. To be honest with you, even when James Conner was out, I feel like they didn't really commit to Snell too much as their guy. I feel like you still saw McFarland get some snaps. You saw 
Jalen Samuels when he was healthy. Maybe a, after a year of kind of learning behind James Conner and developing and not really having a full offseason to learn the playbook, just kind of just thrown into action. You know what I'm saying? Like there was no mini camp. There was no OTAs, no rookie camp. So a, a very, very simulated training camp to boot. So, yeah. How about Anthony McFarland? We have to trust their track record drafting, right? Yeah. No, listen. I mean, Pittsburgh, there's a lot of promise with the Pittsburgh offense. I think we saw there was like the, the tale of two halves for this football team last year. You had the first half of the year where this offense was the talk of the town. You had Ben Roethlisberger, who was kicking Father Time's ass for the better part of the first half of the year. Then the second half came and he looked like a complete shell of himself. Uh, Juju very quietly had a really, really great year. Wasn't a thousand yard receiver, but still had nine touchdowns. Uh, Chase Claypool. We all know the story there. And Deontay Johnson, even though he was a bit hit or miss, didn't really necessarily have the best record in terms of finishing games. Looks like he can be the new Antonio Brown for this offense in terms of that PPR machine that just had to come down with catch after catch after catch after catch. So in terms of the running back there, they just recently signed Kalen Balage as well, oh. which I, I don't get that, quite frankly. Uh, to me, it's a training camp body. Maybe win a spot yeah. on the depth chart. They're kind of irrelevant. I, I I think so as well. But I I think the guy in that backfield, as of right now, if you're looking at if you want to include Jalen Samuels in that, uh, Benny Snell, uh, Kalen Balazs, the guy with the most upside there is Anthony McFarland. Uh, at least I believe so. And I think Pittsburgh has shown that they want to. They wanted to incorporate him more and more as the season went on last year. So, uh, Jake, I like that pick a lot. And he sees someone that I'm monitoring. I have Anthony McFarlane right now as a top 40 running back. And I think that could potentially just continue to go up. And granted, we're still in April. So Anthony McFarlane, a guy who's relatively on the outside looking in that I have as a top 40 running back, I think that says a lot. And I do like Anthony McFarlane a, uh, a ton. So that is a uh, that is a good call, my friend, in terms of uh, in terms of McFarlane. I, yeah, I do like that one. A whole lot. Um, okay, so I like yours a lot. Uh, you're going to like mine a lot, Jake. And I'm going to bang the drum for him. I've been banging the drum for him for the last two years, two, three years. No one listens. And now he's in a place where, again, I think he's really going to be able to show himself. And he's being drafted right now as the 45th receiver off the board. I have him as my wide receiver, 33. That's Corey Davis. A little bit of a hot take here. Would you? Would it really surprise you if Corey Davis is a top 20 fantasy receiver this year nope. in PPR formats? Nope. Nope. Wouldn't shock me one bit. I think I, – I honestly think that if there's anybody yeah, – I mean, let's just go through this range here. Of This is kind of like my tier six-ish receivers. I'll just read them out, you know, in, in no particular order. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, uh, Marquise Brown, Curtis Samuel, LaVisca Chenault, Michael Gallup, Jerry Judy, uh, Michael Pittman, Jamison Crowder, um, Debo Samuel. Out of all those guys that I just said, the only other one that I could think of that could potentially challenge to be a top 24 receiver probably 
would be Curtis Samuel, just because I think that offense, there is going to be a big opportunity for Curtis Samuel. But uh, I mean, Corey Davis, holy shit. Yeah, I I think that's a big slap in the face to Corey Davis. Corey Davis is also the go-to receiver on his team. Those guys, there's, you know, with uh, Curtis Samuel, there's Terry McLaurin with Michael Pittman, who I like a lot out of that list, by the way. There's still T.Y. Hilton kicking around. Brandon yeah. Cooks, do you really want any part of that Texans offense, especially if Deshaun Watson's not there from week one? No. So, Devontae Parker, I didn't like him before Will Fuller got there. Major slap in the face to Corey Davis. I, I think that's a – I think by the time when, – when people start seeing Zach Wilson play in the preseason and starts seeing the things that I personally see in Zach Wilson that I've seen for months, even before he was hyped up to be the – the guy that he is now, I think that ADP is going to go through the roof because Corey Davis is tailor-made for what Zach Wilson is going to bring to the table for the New York Jets. And I think we're going to see an element to Corey Davis's game that we didn't see with the Tennessee Titans because there was an A.J. Brown there. He wasn't asked to do those things. And um, that was a great signing. I even said it to you before free agency that I would be – some team is going to – my exact words, remember, you have, you have the receipt. I said some team is going to get an absolute stud. And Corey Davis and I said I would be ecstatic if my team were the ones to do it and they did it and uh yeah I, I love that pick by you absolutely I mean if you're telling me right now that those receivers that I just rattled off are going in the eighth ninth round to me that list is a whole bunch of guys that are just so black and white so to speak like there's not much There's not much excitement with any of them outside of Corey Davis, outside of Curtis Samuel, and outside of Michael Pittman. Three guys that I absolutely love, and I think all three of those guys can potentially be top 24, if not top 30 receivers. Definitely outperform where they're being drafted. Absolutely. Yeah, I like Jerry Judy a lot, too. I just don't like Drew Locke. That's it. That's with, it. With Cortland Sutton coming back, who knows how that that timeshare is going to work? Yeah. Um. But you know. Well, before we uh, start going into the NFC South, there's one guy that I wanted to ask you about, and it's he's kind of like the unknown right now. But obviously, there's the link with him going back to Tampa Bay, and potentially this guy going to Seattle, given his links with Russell Wilson. And that's Antonio Brown. Now, Jake, I know Antonio Brown is this big household name. Everyone knows Antonio Brown, and everyone knows that he is one of the most talented receivers that we have seen in the NFL for quite some time. But things aren't that way anymore. So let's say he goes to Seattle, or let's just say in either spot. We'll start with Seattle. Where would you take Antonio Brown if I were to tell you that Antonio Brown starts week one of the NFL season as a member of the Seattle Seahawks playing with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett? I would say, personally, I like him better with Tom Brady more than I do with the Seattle Seahawks. I I think if you're Seattle, that's, Obviously, it's Antonio Brown, but this isn't the Steelers' Antonio Brown. You know what I'm saying? 
Like if I was Seattle, I would look at one of these guys in the op, in the uh, NFL draft. That will give you more of that Tyree kill element of speed. I don't think that's what this – I think that's what that offense needs, that whole other element. But um, to answer your question, I would say about like – I would say the seventh round. Okay. All right. I'd say I the mean, seventh round. I do also like Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay, and I think he needs to go to a place where he's going to be happy. And I think we – we saw Antonio Brown be a professional last year in Tampa Bay. He got there, didn't make a lot of noise, kept his head down, focused with Tom Brady, and he won himself a Super Bowl. So I don't think that he is going to be just ready to go and, and leave that. Plus, you need to then go look at the footballing part of it. And you have to say, well, Tampa Bay throws the football – at a very, very high clip, whereas Seattle does the complete opposite. They do not let Russ cook, as we have talked about a thousand times on this program and on the Basement Talk podcast as well. That has been a real issue for Seattle in terms of just letting the chains off of this offense. And I just don't see Antonio Brown going to Seattle and being as quiet and, and happy with Seattle running the ball 25, 30 times a game as he would in Tampa where he's going to be getting all the opportunity in the world to show that he can still contribute to a football team that, by the way, is coming into the year as the defending Super Bowl champions. So for me, I think the better fit is in Tampa. If I had to say where I would draft him, uh, Tampa, I would probably say the ninth round. If it's Seattle, I would probably say the 10th or 11th. That's just me. I don't really want yeah. him anywhere. Um, before we move on to the NFC South, let's just play uh, Would You Rather, because I know this is a fun game that everyone uh, enjoys when Adam and I play it. So uh, Jake and I will uh, will dabble in it right now. So Jake, who would you rather have uh, in PPR? We're going to do, we'll say, we'll say half PPR, half PPR scoring. Okay. Who would you rather have, Antonio Brown or – we'll assume for this exercise Antonio Brown is in Tampa. Okay. Antonio Brown or T.Y. Hilton? Antonio Brown. I agree. Antonio Brown or Michael Pittman? Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman, I agree. Antonio Brown or very similar situation, Michael Gallup? Michael Gallup. I would take Michael Gallup as well. Close. Michael Gallup. I Very really close. like Michael Gallup. I do too. People forget how good he is. People for, really do forget how good uh, Michael Gallup is. Uh, we'll do. We'll we'll keep it in the family here. Antonio Brown or Hollywood Brown? Hollywood Brown really let down a lot of people last year. Yes, he did. For now, Hollywood Brown. Thank yeah. you on a bounce back, but. Something tells me that the Ravens are going to add another receiver. So for now, Hollywood. But yep, I I would say Hollywood. Don't want either. <laughs> begrudgingly, begrudgingly, I would say uh, Hollywood Brown. I'll give you one more: uh, Antonio Brown or some guy at the New York Jets signed named Corey Davis. Come on, man. <laughs> Corey Davis by a million. By a million. By by a million. Corey Davis is the greatest, and it's nice that we have someone else in this podcast that knows that Corey Davis is the absolute best. Yeah, and it was even before he came to my theme. So. Yeah, this is very, very true. I mean, 
How many, I, Jake, I can recall the amount of times that you and I have had the conversations about how good Corey Davis is just on any given Sunday. He just needed a chance. Yep. He just needed a chance, and thank God he's finally going to get it. And I, I can actually say that I am a massive, massive Jets fan just because of my man Corey Davis being on your team. Love it. All righty. So let's start in the NFC South. We are, of course, going to go in alphabetical order. So we are starting with the Atlanta Falcons. And, of course, the Falcons bringing in new head coach Arthur Smith, giving that whole offense a little bit of a jolt. Defense still has a lot of question marks, but I think with a new offensive mind leading the Atlanta Falcons in 2021 and hopefully beyond that 36 year old Matt Ryan is still going to offer a little bit more. Um, I personally think Matt Ryan is being slept on. He's right now being drafted as my top 15 quarterback, which I think is borderline insulting given we've seen Matt Ryan be very, very good, very, very serviceable, very, very consistent as well. So I think if you're looking for someone that, especially if you're in two quarterback leagues, Two quarterback leagues, you need someone that's steady, someone that's going to give you a a very solid 15 points every single week. Matt Ryan is that guy. 250 and two touchdowns every single week is a lock for someone like Matt Ryan. Yeah, absolutely love Matt Ryan. See what he does going back to an offense with Shanahan concepts in him with Arthur Smith because that's what it was. And you saw what Arthur Smith did to Ryan Tannehill's career. All right, we all thought Ryan Tannehill was, you know, for dead. And Matt Ryan coming off of a pretty down year for his standards. I, I agree with you. I think Matt Ryan is is a dark horse for the MVP, if we're being completely honest with you. I think he's going to have a great year. I would say a top 10 fantasy season. I think if you can get Matt Ryan, like you said, so t- out top 15. So you're thinking like round, what, 12? Oh, double-digit rounds, in. easy. Double-digit rounds. Where you can get Double-digit rounds, Matt Ryan. I would sign up for that in a easy. heartbeat. Who would, you, who would you rather have right now, uh, Aaron Rodgers in the 10th round or Matt Ryan in the 13th round? Aaron Rodgers in the 10th round. Okay. Uh, who would you rather have, Dak Prescott in the 8th round or Matt Ryan in the 13th round? Wow. Dak in the 8th round. 8th round. <laughs> I think I'm going with Dak in the 8th round. Dak Just for the, the, and also for the rushing touchdowns for Dak, too. I think that makes a difference. Dak in the 7th or Matt Ryan in the 13th? Wow. Um, I'm going to go. I'm still going with Dak. I think that's it, though. That's the cap. Not not the sixth round. He was being drafted in like the fifth and sixth round last year. So I don't don't think it's really that big of a uh, a discrepancy at all. Yeah. So the seventh round is my cap there. So Kyler Murray in the eighth round or Matt Ryan in the 13th? Kyler really fell off last year. Yeah. Hurt. I, you see, I'm a little biased with fantasy. I get it. I, I just said all the all the praises for Kyler, uh, the Kyler Murray for Matt Ryan, but you're giving me guys that I think are going to be inside the top ten this year. Yeah. So I do like my rushing touchdowns in fantasy. So I, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray for that okay. in that regard. But if you ask me, Tom Brady or Matt Ryan, I'm going Matt Ryan. Oh, that's like, not close. Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan. I'm going Matt Ryan. Agreed. Um, like, Justin who, Herbert in the seventh round or Matt Ryan in the thirteenth. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan in the I agree. 13th. I, I agree with you. I'm going to go Matt Ryan. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think the later the later you can get Herbert, 
the better because I don't know how realistic it is that Herbert's going to be the same guy that he was in year one to year two. We will talk about Justin Herbert on the AFC West show, which you will be hearing on Sunday. So we move on from the quarterback position. Let's go to the running back position. A little bit of an interesting turnover for the Atlanta Falcons. No more Todd Gurley, of course. Thank Jesus for that. Brian Hill also out of town in Atlanta. Atlanta brings in Mike Davis, of course, the fill-in a season ago for Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, as McCaffrey only played three games last year, of course, due to nagging injuries. So Mike Davis, very impressive all year for Carolina as a shoe-in for Christian McCaffrey now gets a two-year deal in Atlanta. And as of right now, he is probably the one a in this offense with Edo Smith being the one B, but I, I, if you had to ask who ask me who I would want more, I think I would say Mike Davis is probably the guy that I would want in this yeah, backfield. I, I if I be, had to choose one. Right. And I, I would agree with you there. I just think that this team you're sitting there at, what is it? 36 overall. If Travis Etienne is there at 36 overall, you I think that's a that's a pretty obvious pick there. I think this team is drafting a running back at some point. I would be shocked if they head into the season with the current cast that they have. But I've been wrong before. No, I I agree with you, Jake. I think that this this they scream take a running back, but. What a lot of people are going to say, and this goes into a whole deeper draft discussion that we can obviously have because we are talking about the Falcons here, so we can have this discussion. There are reports that Atlanta may want to trade down in the first round. There are also reports that Atlanta is hot and heavy for Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. I don't see, personally, I don't see Atlanta going for and taking Kyle Pitts at four and then at 36 taking a running back. Cause I think they need so much work on the defensive side of the ball. Their offensive line needs work as well. There's just so many different things that this football team absolutely needs. And I don't know. I just think if they're going to go and spend a luxury pick with one of their first two picks, it's going to be one or the other, but they need a running back though. Absolutely. Jake. I, I do. Right. I do agree with you on that one. Well, my argument for that would be, I know we got a lot more to discuss, but if you have a 36-year-old quarterback, you need to maximize every ounce of that investment. If you're keeping them and you're not drafting a quarterback, then if you're not doing things to help out the guy you already have, you know what are you doing? Why are you wasting time delaying the inevitable? Just, just draft agree. your next quarterback. I mean, Justin Fields, I is, Justin Fields is a Georgia kid. Draft him for a year and sit behind Matt Ryan if, if you want to throw Matt Ryan to the Wolves like that again. And listen, there's some people that are saying exactly that. If you think Matt Ryan has one good year left in him, take Justin Fields and let Justin Fields sit behind Matt Ryan. I don't think it's a bad take at all, Jake. I I really, really don't. Um, But I'm not really willing to make an assessment about the running backs as of yet with Atlanta. If somehow they come out of this draft and they do not draft the running back, then we're having a much different discussion about Mike Davis because he is someone that I think can be very serviceable if he gets the opportunity, but it's hard. It's hard for me to really expect a guy that's on a two year, $9 million deal to be like the number one in, in this offense. It's, it's kind of hard for me to, to expect that. Mm -hmm. 
Alrighty, so we move on to the wide receiver position for the Atlanta Falcons. And of course, we are talking about two guys, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. And really, if you want to talk about Russell Gage as well, we can definitely talk about Russell Gage. Nah. He, he had some quietly pretty good games towards the end of the year, but he's not hes not someone that you're going to be going out of your way to try and draft. It's really a, two, a two-man discussion here between Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Uh, we'll start with Calvin Ridley because I think you know, it's more cut and dry with Ridley than it is with, with Jones. You know what you're getting from Calvin Ridley. It's going to be another, it's going to be another thousand yard season from Calvin Ridley. And he's someone that I think if he's there for you in the late second round, you have to really give that some consideration. Yeah. He might get drafted a little higher than I'd like um, in drafts starting up in August, but yeah, absolutely. He's, you know what you're getting. And, uh, yeah, that, that's a good way to put it with Calvin Ridley. So who would you rather have, Calvin Calvin Ridley or A.J. Brown? Oh, without Corey Davis there, A.J. Brown. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Calvin Ridley or D.K. Metcalf? Calvin Ridley. I would rather have D.K. Yeah, I don't know. That's but I might change it. Yeah, but right now, Calvin Ridley, man, that, that Seattle offense – it seems like it's in shambles right now. Yeah, I I still believe DK is going to get his, so I'll take I'll take DK for now. Yeah, you might you got to sit him against the Rams. Yeah, you might have to, might have to. Uh, Calvin Ridley or Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen and full PPR. Keenan Allen, full PPR. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll, t- I'll take Keenan Allen. Um, we'll do we'll do one more. Calvin Ridley or Justin Jefferson? Calvin Ridley. I'll take Ridley. I'll take Ridley close though. Definitely, definitely close though. Um, but yeah, you're you're gonna draft Calvin Ridley as a top ten ish receiver, and you're gonna be I, I, I would imagine you're gonna be pretty happy with the return that you get from uh from Calvin Ridley because he is really turned into one of the better uh young receivers in the national league. And I, I will admit he was a guy that when he came out of Alabama, I was not necessarily very high on. But, an older prospect, yeah. Yeah, but he's 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 proven me wrong. He he's proven me wrong, and then of course had a breakout year last year to the tune of thirteen hundred yards. Granted, this was a terrible Atlanta team last year, so a lot of opportunities to throw the ball. No Julio Jones for majority of the year definitely helped him, um, but still, you you're not going to write home about thirteen hundred yards. That's a really 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 good season for for Calvin Ridley. And I mean, maybe the only concern that I think some people would have is quite possibly, you know, do you people maybe think that Calvin Ridley is being drafted at his ceiling, not at his floor? Um, you know, it, that it's a definitely a conversation I think is is worth having, Jake. I agree. I agree. It's tough to really beat I think you're 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 hoping for him to replicate last season if you draft him. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The only thing though I think does help him in terms of maybe if he doesn't get 1,300 yards, say he only is a 1,000-yard receiver, maybe he's 1,100-yard receiver, is the touchdown numbers the first three years of his career, 10, 7, 9. So, well, Julio Jones doesn't catch touchdowns, so there you go. That's true. That's also that's also very true. So, you know, you have 26 touchdowns over the course of the last three years for Calvin Ridley. So that's something else to fall back on and consider when you are uh, looking at the second round for potentially a receiver. You know, you have that red zone upside with uh, Calvin Ridley. All right, so 
let's go into the Julio Jones discussion. And this is one of the most maligned players potentially for this season in fantasy talent. He's a first round pick first round pick for talent, but the health is just what weighs him down 32 years old, not getting any younger and really only nine games played last year is a massive, massive concern for someone like Julio Jones. Jake mentioned it before. The touchdown upside, you don't really know if that's going to be there on a game-to-game basis. So you're really just hoping for receptions in PPR. And when he plays, he's a target hog. He gets his when he plays, but it's when he played. And that's the massive concern that I have. And I tell you, I do have him inside my top 20, but it's hard to keep him there when there are so many questions about the health of a guy like Julio Jones. I'm not drafting him. Like, just point blank, I, I'm not picking him. If he's there and like, he's not going to be there. So if he's there in the fourth round, sure, I'll take him. But to be my wide receiver one, no shot. No, thank you. No, thank you. He's. Being... Even, I don't even think he's. I don't even think he's a reliable wide receiver two anymore, and that kills me because he's won me many leagues in my life, and he's a PPR god. But he's done in terms of being that. Reli- I mean, I'm sure if he plays 16 games, he's absolutely going to be phenomenal. But he's he'll be the not steal. Play. He'll be he'll be the steal of the draft. You could tell me he plays 16 games. And you're drafting in the third round. He's he's not playing 16 games. No. No, I don't think he is either. He has but a chronic can... hamstring injury. If you can tell me though that he will play 16 games. Third round is a steal. Steal. Yeah, you're getting a first but round pick. In the th- but he's not. And that's what is going to lose a lot of people leagues mm-hmm. is by I drafting know. him in the second late. He probably won't be a late first rounder again this year. No, but, no. Um, if teams drafting him in the second round, you will be sorry. I agree. I agree with you. I mean, if you... If you want to throw up Jake, I can I can give you something that will uh, make you vomit a little bit. Uh, he's being drafted right now as the ninth receiver off the board. No, not for me. Being drafted over guys such as Justin Jefferson, nope. Allen Robinson, yeah maybe Terry McLaurin, Amari no. Cooper, Robert Woods. I mean, no, thank you. Absolutely love Terry McLaurin this year for what it's I worth. I do too. I do too. Yeah, I, I I like him. I like him a whole lot. Whole, yeah. whole, whole lot. All right. So the Julio discussion, look, I'll, I'll, in summary, don't draft Julio Jones if you are not sure about him. If he's there in the fourth round, fine. Take a flyer on him. But if you're in the first couple of picks, start the draft, and you're at the 2-3 turn, you see Julio there, do me a favor. Don't do it. You're better off drafting a guy like Allen Robinson than you are over a guy like Julio. Yes, the offense for Allen Robinson is a shit show. It sucks, but at least you know Allen Robinson is going to be giving you more games than Julio Jones will. In closing. All right, so we go to the tight end position for the Atlanta Falcons. Not much really to write home about here. It's 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 Hayden Hurst. Uh, a lot of promise surrounding Hayden Hurst going into 2020, and yeah. he just did not 
live up to the lofty expectations that I think a lot of people had for him. 571 yards, six touchdowns, though, not too shabby for him, uh, but relative to where he was being drafted. And I mean, some people were taking him ninth, 10th round. And, you know, it just made no sense to me. But if you're looking for someone that could be a value late in drafts, if you're looking at the bottom of the barrel in terms of the tight ends, because as we all know, the tight end market this year is just getting slimmer and slimmer. And the gap between the top three and everybody else is just growing by the day. If you're looking for someone that could be someone that you draft in the later rounds and you know you play the tight end stream game, Hayden Hurst may not be that bad of an option because we know the Arthur Smith offense that he ran in Tennessee. They like to get the tight ends involved. Gave rise, of course, to Jonu Smith, who just became a most disgu- probably the most disgusting contract of the offseason given to him by the New England Patriots. But that was because of Arthur Smith. That was because of the offense that he was a part of in Tennessee. And that same offense now is now coming to Atlanta. So if you believe in if you believe in John Smith last year, you should probably have some level of belief in in Hayden Hurst. So he's he's a sleeper sort of tight end for me. I guess, but I, I, I yeah no, Just wouldn't feel comfortable with him as my starting tight end on my fantasy football team. But that's mm-hmm. just me. No, no. But would I rather Hayden Hurst in the 13th round or Travis Kelsey in the second round? I'm I'll sorry. Take Hayden, I'll take Hayden uh, Hurst. Okay. Well, that's just that's your opinion. But I think Kelsey's worth I, – I think people draft him a little too high in the second round. But if I'm picking, like, let's say, like I'm in a 12-team league. Let's say I'm picking – God, I'm bad at math. Let's say I have the second-to-last pick in the second round. I would take Travis Kelsey. Sure. Sure. I mean, there there are some people that will make the argument that Travis Kelsey should be a first round pick in yeah. a twelve in a twelve team. No, I haven't seen him ever get drafted that high in a twelve teamer. So neither have I. But this could be the year that it happens. It could be. Could I mean, be. Adam and I, Adam and I did a mock draft where we took Kelsey in the first round, and that team was diabolical. But we did it just for just for research purposes. Cool. So. If you're interested in, in listening to that episode, go and have a look. It is under the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts, wherever you find your podcast, because we are there. Make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review. We greatly appreciate that. So we're done with Atlanta. Let's move on to Carolina. And this is the conversation that we have all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Sam Darnold show now in Carolina, the Jets of course, trading Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth-round pick this year and then a second pick and a fourth-round pick next year in exchange for Sam Darnold. And what drives me crazy about this is people seem to forget that Sam Darnold is still 23 years old. He is younger than Joe Burrow. Yeah, but... I mean, I don't know, man. It's just hard to convince me as much as I want to see Sam succeed. It's just hard to convince me a guy can go from throwing nine touchdowns to Pro Bowl level 
Like, how much better is he really going to? I, I get it. There's really nowhere to go but up. But um, it's like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Darnold, his ceiling is very, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like here's my whole thought process for Carolina. You know why they got Sam Darnold? Tell me. San Francisco traded up to the third overall pick. San Francisco was originally picking 12th. You know who Carolina wanted, in my opinion? Mac Jones. Probably. Because they're trying to run the Joe Burrow offense. And based on watching all these quarterbacks in the draft, like that's Mac Jones to a T. Uh, you, yeah. can, you can disagree with me if you want. You know, everyone's no, entitled to their own opinion, but I don't disagree. You're I think, right. San, yeah, San Francisco is drafting Mac Jones at three. So I think Carolina just said, okay, you know what? Justin Fields isn't really a fit. Trey Lance isn't really a fit. Can't take Kellen Mond at eight. You know, can't take Davis Mills at, um, you know, eighth overall. So let's just sacrifice a little bit of our future for Darnold. Maybe we can find something left in the tank. $18 million isn't a whole lot. Even if he's not our guy next year, I'm sure, you know, we could eat some of the contract if someone wants him as a backup, if it doesn't work out, but I, I would not be drafting Sam Darnold to my fantasy football team, even as a backup quarterback um, until I saw something from him, but I am wishing the kid well, but I don't know, man, the decision-making it's a little spotty for me and, I wish I wish Sam well, but I don't know. Just not going to be on my team. Just to put it out there, I love I love the move for anybody that's in keeper or dynasty leagues. I have Sam on my dynasty team, so good move. Good. Well, move. I've had him, so I listen. I think there's a lot of potential there. I don't. I I, I do. I someone from the outside that is not tainted by the New York Jets. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. free yeah. and is and is not corrupted wait, by wait, the Jets. What have, what, what have I always what have I always told you about Sam? How the Jets failed him? Yep. But I'm talking nope. about my fantasy football team here. You know, no, 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 you no, get no. what I'm saying? Like, no, you didn't let me. You didn't let me finish. You didn't yeah, let me finish. I, I, but you know, you're making you're coming out here swinging for the fences at me. Like, no, you're I'm gonna not. stand my ground here. No, I'm not. I'm not swinging for the fences. All I'm, all I'm saying is I have not been subjected to the pain and torment caused by the New York Jets' failure. What I will say is this. Sam Darnold is still very, very young. Very young. He's now going to a brand new setting. You take the bright lights away from him. Matt Rule was someone who scouted Sam Darnold heavily before he went to USC. So he's familiar with Sam Darnold. Then you bring in the Joe Brady equation into this and you have now someone who, I mean, let's just call it for what it is. Sam Darnold is way more athletic and way more technically gifted from where he's at in his career, as opposed to Teddy Bridgewater and where the, Teddy Bridgewater is in his career. Does Sam beat Teddy Bridgewater in an open competition? Oh, I think so. Mm. I think so. Do we want to look at, do we, do we want to look at their career numbers? Absolutely. Do you know why the Jets traded Teddy Bridgewater right in uh, in 2017 to the Saints? Do share. He's the best quarterback in camp. Well, but they also wanted to clear the deck for the young kid. Just saying. But look, Carolina knows that they're not going to win with Teddy Bridgewater. I, it's 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 a sad truth. I like Teddy. He can be serviceable but they want to take the chance with 
with Sam. I think that Carolina really wanted Deshaun Watson, and then all of this, this whatever with Deshaun came out, and they were kind of tied. But you can't deny what Carolina has. There are better weapons in Carolina now than what was in New York. There's DJ Moore. There's his best buddy, Robbie Anderson, who I we know say that best buddy, Robbie Anderson, and you the best pass catching running back in football in Christian McCaffrey. So Alvin, Alvin Kamara plays for the, uh, the Panthers now. Fuck Alvin Kamara. Fuck him. I don't give him the light of day. I do not give him the light of day. Fuck him. But I think Christian McCaffrey, I think this really, really helps him. I think it, it, he's on the field. It, I think he'll be on the field. This will, this will be the year that Christian McCaffrey plays 16 games because he'll he'll uh, he won't be on any of my teams because I probably won't get any uh, number one picks. But I, I digress one, nonetheless. I digress nonetheless. So uh, you're not taking Sam in redraft leagues, but he's someone to monitor. If you're in dynasty or keeper leagues, I think that he is a very 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 good buy low right now if the price is not going to break the bank. Just putting that out there. All right, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, for me, he's the number one pick. You should be taking him as that. And I think it is a big time, big time, big time bounce back for Christian McCaffrey. And when he goes back to the guy that he is and always was. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would take him number one overall in my fantasy leagues, but who would you take number one overall? I'm going with Derrick Henry. In PPR, you'd go Derrick Henry over McCaffrey. Bro, man's rushed for 2,000 yards two years in a row. Like, uh, and you, you listen, man. Every year you say Derrick Henry is not gonna, not gonna be what he was. You told I told you this the year he had his first 2,000 yard season. I saw that guy from the last what was it six weeks of the season. I'm like, give me that guy. And yeah. then last year, I'm like, yeah, give me more Derrick Henry. So. Until Derrick Henry proves me wrong, I think it might be wise for everybody to start actually buying into Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry plays, for the most part, 16 games a season. Like, he missed a game in 20, uh, in 2020, uh, excuse me, 2019, his first uh, 2,000 yard season. He missed week, I think it was 16, he missed the fantasy championship. Yep. He took off that year. He took so, that week off. And he still rushed for 2,000 yards. Yep. Like, so I, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. As of right now, especially in half PPR, absolutely. Half PPR is more of a case. In full PPR, I don't see it. Just Availability, because. my friend. I I mean, I guess so. But if you're telling me, if you can guarantee me he could get the work, then then great. But we've seen Tennessee go down in games, and Derrick Henry just not just not get used. I mean, that's that's the harsh reality. Is that you know he's probably going to score most weeks. But what happens when Derrick Henry doesn't score? You know, then then what are you left with? I mean, there there are games. I'm just looking at his game log right now. He did not score in one, two, three, four, five, six games. But now look at the numbers that he had in terms of his rushing. We'll start at the top. 31 for a buck 16. That was week one against the Broncos on Monday Night Football. 
didn't kill you there. Uh, 25 for a buck eight, for 84, excuse me, not a buck 84. So that killed you. 21 for 68, that killed you. 19 for 103, that killed you. 15 for 60, that killed you. I mean, 23 so, for 98, that okay. probably ki- that probably killed you too. But Okay, so let's go look at Christian McCaffrey after uh, week, what was it, one last year? or wh- How many games did he play? Three. Three. three so let's go look, look. I think he killed every team after week after oh, week three. He did. He did kill absolutely everybody. He killed absolutely everybody. So but if I my case to you is if I'm picking number one, I need a guy that I know is not going to Derrick Henry is not going to get hurt. That big behemoth of a human being. He might miss a game. I mean, obviously, fluke, you know, and you know, I'm not I'm not trying to jinx anything here, but a torn ACL is one thing, but like a thigh injury like calves, those type of things seem to follow a running back throughout their career. You correct, like kind of like LaShawn McCoy towards the end of his career. You know, he always had that hamstring. He always was dinged up here and there. Like we saw it with James Conner, especially like I know Christian McCaffrey is a better player than James Conner, but James Conner at his peak in fantasy was top five running back. Sure. So yeah, these things don't go away uh, with running backs. So, that's part of my concern with Joe Mixon, but I don't want to get off topic too much. Oh, Joe Mixon. Hey, maybe, maybe he's got a shot with no Gio Bernard. Maybe. Maybe. Please. Hope so. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, all right. So let's move on to the wide receivers. Uh, this is the Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore show. Um, I will say, however, that I'm going to be nominating D Moore in every auction draft that I am in. For this year because the Carolina Panthers also did sign David Moore. So if someone thinks that D Moore is up for auction and they think it's DJ Moore from the Carolina Panthers and they just go and spend 25 bucks since David Moore, that would be very funny. Just just putting that out there. Yeah, every year I think DJ Moore is going to be a breakout candidate and it just hasn't happened. It's the touchdowns. It it, it is it's the touchdowns thing. Yeah, he just does not score. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like this is going to be the one year that I don't think he's going to be a breakout, and then he breaks out. You know, I think, though, he's kind of the receiver that Sam Darnold likes. I think he's that that sort of – he kind of reminds me to a lesser extent, uh, maybe to the same extent, actually, of of what Jameson Crowder is. Yeah, well, the thing is, though, Sam, the issue with him is is throwing the deep ball. Like Very five to tw- Five to 20 yards. He's a sniper. Yeah. Like he'll he'll hit you, but once he has to once that throw is not open and he has to use his eyes for down the field, that's when he starts throwing it to the other jersey, starts overthrowing guys or not trusting mm-hmm. his eyes and tucking sure. it down, and that's when he gets into trouble. So yeah, yeah. DJ Moore, I would take him over Robbie Anderson in uh in fantasy oh, leagues. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely with without a shadow of a doubt. Um I'm just gonna pull up and see. We're gonna play which we're gonna play Witcher rather because it's a fun it's a fun game. Everyone loves it. So DJ Moore on my ranks, I have DJ Moore as the 22nd receiver. I have not moved him after the Darnold trade. So I might, I might move DJ Moore up a couple spots, maybe just inside the top 20. And then Robbie Anderson, I have as my 30th receiver. So I do have DJ Moore higher. So we'll play the game with DJ Moore. Who would you rather have DJ Moore or Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. DJ Moore or Chris Godwin? Chris Godwin. 
Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, or Kenny Galladay? DJ Moore. Give me more, but it's close. Yeah. It's close. DJ Moore or Cooper Cup? With Matthew Stafford, give me Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, I agree. DJ Moore or CD Lamb? Love CD Lamb this year. I do too. More, but by a tad. Like, I agree. Like, you know, I'm showing you my hands right now, but by literally like by a hair. This much. By this much. Yeah. DJ Moore or Adam Thielen? <sighs> yeah. I'm going to go with DJ Moore. I think Justin Jefferson is a little bit more on the rise in Minnesota. I'm, I'm going to go with DJ Moore. I'm going to go with Moore as well. I'm going to go with Moore as well, but... Yeah, more. I'm gonna go with more. The safer one's Adam Thielen, yes, for sure. I agree. Weekly on a week to week basis, I think Adam Thielen is definitely the uh, the safer one. All right, so uh, Robbie Anderson, I think he's more of the uh, the deep play option. Flex, the, fami- yeah. the familiarity is there with with Sam. Uh, you're basically gonna be taking him in the. He'll, he'll probably be in like that round nine, round ten range is where you're probably going to start seeing Robbie Anderson pop up. Um, I, I like him. I think he's proven himself to be useful enough, but I don't know how safe he is on a week-to-week basis. So he's, you're not, you're not going to draft Robbie Anderson as your number two or number three receiver, but if you're drafting him as your number four or number five receiver, not the end of the world. I think it's a, he, he's a Good insurance policy in case something happens to any of your receivers that are ahead of Robbie Anderson that are going to be starting for you on a week-to-week basis. Um, All right, so we go to the tight end position. Not much to really talk about uh, for the tight ends here. I don't think we really need to spend much time talking about Dan Arnold or or Ian Thomas. So uh, we can move on swiftly, and we can talk about the New Orleans Saints the million-dollar question I think everybody has is who the starting quarterback is going to be for the Saints come week one. Uh, yeah. it, I've heard on pretty good authority that it looks like it's going to be Jameis. I absolutely hope it's Jameis. And let me tell you something. If it's Jameis Winston, that is a draft. To me. Like, yeah, give me Jameis Winston as my backup quarterback all day, every day. He is going to absolutely sling that rock. I agree with you, Jake. If, if, I, if he if he could just cut that interception total by a quarter, I, I think we're looking. If he's, I think we're looking at a top twenty quarterback in his sleep. The oh, I would say, will be there. I, I would say top fifteen. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself there, but yeah, like yeah, Jameis Winston should be owned. I think in every league, like in a 12, 12 team league. Yeah, uh, like I'll get ahead he needs of myself. To be owned. I will get ahead of myself. Jameis Winston, top 15 quarterback with Sean Payton. Sean Payton, I think, has had a year to really look at Jameis, see what he's about. And I listen, I don't wanted him back. Yeah, I don't think Sean Payton would have been so adamant and banged the table for Jameis Winston to come back if he didn't see something. He's what he he wouldn't have gone out of his way for for Jameis. So 
there's clearly something there. And it looks like a very you, you listen to him talk now. It looks like he's matured a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like now he's at a place in his life. He's no longer that kid that stole the crab legs or stood up on a table. Like, I think this could be a Jameis Winston 2.0. And uh, I'm really pulling for Jameis. I've, I've always been a fan. Yep. I have always been a fan, too. And I will be the first one to admit that it brings so much warm and and. and fuzzy feelings to my body knowing that I will be able to completely relapse on the addiction known as streaming Jameis Winston on a week to week basis. So for that new Orleans saints, I salute you. Alrighty. Um, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray running back time for the saints. Um, Alvin Kamara is going to be a top five pick. You kind of know what the deal is there, but, but, Definitely is a little bit of concern with Kamara knowing that it's not Drew Brees. The new quarterback for the Saints can throw the ball more than 15 yards. Yeah, but I still think he's going to get his no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I think no matter what. I he's, think he'll still a, he'll still get his. Yeah, he's a top five pick, top three pick, in my opinion. Like yeah. Well give I mean, me Kamara. <laughs> my question is for you, Jake, is you look at his receiving numbers over the course of the last four years that he's been in the league. 81, 81, 81, 83. All with Drew Brees, of course. Do we think that Kamara is going to be an 80-catch guy again? No, I I think even if he's a 70-catch guy, I still think he's a top three candidate in fantasy. All right. In redraft leagues. I think he's... I think. I think 70 catches, I think, what, what do we say? About like 600 yards receiving, 700 yards receiving. What do you think there? Like, give me a receiving total. I would total. say probably if you're going to take 10 receptions off, if he had 750 last year, you say could say 600. Probably, yeah, say 625. Okay. 625. And then factor that in with, let's say. 12 touchdowns? 12 touchdowns total. Um, and about. 1100 rushing yards and this is really being generous. Yep. Yeah, like that's that's a guy you want on your fantasy team picking inside the top 3 in my opinion. So you sleep good at night with Kamara. Like even, I re- even without Drew Brees, I, I'm I'm feeling fine. Taysom Hill is is a f- don't that I don't want to see him. The, Taysom Hill we need to have a discussion because near the goal line he definitely hurts the Kamara value, but yep. with Jameis Winston, oh no, Kamara's fine. Don't don't worry. I would even say if you could tell me that Kamara is going to be 1,700 total yards, that's enough to justify top three. Yeah, he's a top three pick. There's nothing yep. to discuss. Yep, no problem there. Um, Latavius Murray, I if you own Kamara. You need him. Have Murray. Yeah, go get him. Go out of your way. Just have him. And I would even say Latavius Murray is one of those rare cases where he's a handcuff that has standalone value. So that's also kind of the problem when you have Kamara is you're kind of forced to overdraft Latavius Murray just to know that you have him. But I think for a lot of people that are going to be investing in a guy such as Ezekiel Elliott this year, they're going to encounter the same sort of situation with Tony Pollard that I think people are realizing how good Tony Pollard is and they're going to be going out of their way to try and draft Tony Pollard that has as a guy that has standalone value, potentially. So if you have Latavius, if you have Alvin Kamara, 
Go get Latavius Murray, please. Um, all right, Michael Thomas time. Jake, where are you drafting Michael Thomas? I would draft him in the second round. I think he'll, he'll be fine this year, especially with the quarterback that – I mean, a lot of people say, oh, he runs slant routes. He was only good with Drew Brees catching, you know, out routes, slant. Yeah, because Drew Brees couldn't throw the football over five yards. Like, with Jameis Winston, but folks, like, yeah, this is going to be a Michael Thomas season that we all know and love. Maybe – I would say about – what do you have a Drew Brees? 100 – I would say 100 – for Michael Thomas, 100 catches, 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, book it. I have no problem with that at all. And I think yeah, he's second come... round. He's a steal. I think so. I, I, I truly think so. I have Michael Thomas as my number four receiver. That's so, about right. So, I mean, I'm ta- I, who would you rather have Michael Thomas or Stefan Diggs? Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas for me as well. Michael Thomas or Tyreek Hill. Michael Thomas. I would rather have Michael Thomas as well. Uh, Michael Thomas or it's yeah. I mean, I, pretty I much, would take Michael Thomas res- or DeAndre Hopkins. I would take Hopkins over. Michael I would Thomas. as well. I, I would, would take. Well. I would take Hopkins over Michael Thomas. I would take Devonte Adams over Michael Thomas. Agreed. And um, who's your third receiver? My third receiver would be Tyreek. Okay, so you do have Tyreek Kill over Michael Thomas. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, so you have Michael Thomas as your third receiver now, is what you're yeah. saying. Yep. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think three or four. Those two definitely over. Uh, Michael Thomas. Yep. Yeah, I think so. I mean, draft him. I think the only thing that will push him into the second round is just because the running back scarcity. I think everyone is going to be going gun ho for running backs. So you if you can get, if you're sitting in the middle of the second round and Michael Thomas falls to you at the 2-5 or the 2-6. Yep, count your blessings. Done. Done. Take that, run for the hills. And then if you could tell me you get, if you're on the board in the third round and you have the opportunity to start your draft, say you start it with Derek Henry, Michael Thomas, and then in the third round, you manage to get your hands on an Antonio Gibson or a Cam Akers. Mwah. God bless you. That's You're higher on Antonio start. Gibson than I am, but. I I, I like Cam Akers more than Gibson. Oh, I dude. just want to put that out there. Love Cam Akers. I fucking love him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I loved him since last year, so. Oh, Jesus Christ in heaven. Oh, Cam Akers is a beautiful, beautiful man. Anywho, um, yeah, Michael Thomas, draft him in the second round. If you get him there, if you draft him late first round, I would not be opposed to that. Another guy I want to talk about for the receivers before we uh, move on to the Bucks, considering there are no tight ends really to mention for the uh, for the Saints. Don't sleep on Adam Trotman, though. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, and and Nick Vanette. If you really Just very to... quick. Don't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to uh, go that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, who's your other receiver, buddy? Traquan Smith. Yeah. Now nah. yeah. I think, I think there is some appeal there for as terms of a late round guy with a little bit of upside. I think Traquan Smith could be the guy, but yeah, the I think they draft, draft somebody. Yep. Then, you know, then there's a bit of a problem there and yeah, kind of gets buried. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We start with Tom Brady. Uh, I do have Tom Brady as a top 12 quarterback, but yeah, it, it, I don't know if I would draft him as such. Me neither. Have him top 12. Don't know if I'm really convinced. Um, I mean, who would you rather have, Tom Brady or Joe Burrow? If Joe Burrow plays week one. 
This is tough. Um, Very. We go with Brady for now. I need to see what the Bengals do in the offseason. I agree. They need to protect Joe Burrow. I agree. Until they do so, I don't know. So Brady. Tom Brady. We we mentioned this one before. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan. We both Matt Matt Ryan. Ryan. Yep. Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford. Stafford for me. Stafford for me, too. Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill. Tom Brady. Brady for now. For now, now, go Brady. Here's an interesting one. And I had this conversation on another show the other day. And I want to get your thoughts on this before I give you my answer. Tom Brady or Jalen Hurts? <sighs> wow. That was my reaction. Give me that Jalen Hurts. The- give me Jalen Hurts for the rushing for the rushing ability. And I, I think Jalen Hurts has a lot to prove this year. Yeah, give, give me Jalen Hurts. I agree with you. I, I completely Here, agree. Here's a good one for you. I know we have a lot more to talk about. I'm sorry Shoot. you're going to kill me. No, but. no, no. Go ahead. Tom Brady or Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson? Tom Brady. Over both the rookies? Yep. yep. I think I would swing for the fences with one of the rookies, to be honest with you. Oh, if, in terms of who I would rather draft, yeah, I would draft one of the rookies because the, the ceiling is obviously greater. But who would who would I think is going to be safest? Brady, Brady obviously, yeah. Brady. But Continue, yeah. I would swing for the fences. With Brady and I would even I would even swing for the fences with a guy like Carson Wentz over uh, over Brady as well. I listen. I love nah. Carson Wentz, and if you put uh, nah, you nah. take Zach Ertz, you put him in Indy. Woof. Nope. Woof, I'm, woof, I'm, woof. I'm, I'm not drafting Carson Wentz. Nope. No, thank you. I'll draft him somewhere as a second quarterback. I, I will. I will definitely, definitely do it. Um. All right. So the running back situation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike. Christ is yep. this a I don't I don't want disaster? any I don't want any of them so holy Christ uh Fournette Ronald Jones there's talk now that uh Bruce Arians is suggesting that a big time breakthrough campaign is coming for Keyshawn Vaughn no nope. I mean Christ have mercy I'm out I am O U T out Bold, italicized, underlined. Um, where do I even have a Tampa Bay running back in my ranks? Um, I have Leonard Fournette at. Oh, excuse. I have Ronald Jones higher than Fournette. Ronald Jones, I have as my running back thirty-nine. Leonard Fournette, I have as my running back forty. Okay. Yeah, now I'm out. Out. Do not even dare. Please, I beg you, for the sake of your mental sanity, do not do that. All right, to the receivers. Really, it is the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin show. Uh, Antonio Brown comes back. There is a whole other discussion that needs to, of course, happen. But for now, it is just Evans and Godwin. Um, I think these two offer completely different things. If you're looking for the guy who's a red zone monster, who's going to come down with the touchdowns for you, but is not going to be as safe week to week when it comes to receptions, Mike Evans is your guy. If you're looking for someone that's going to be, have a bit more of the ceiling along with the weekly floor. I think Chris Godwin is your guy. Who's the guy that's more likely to go off to the tune of 12 catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns. It's probably Godwin. I would say Mike Evans, to be honest with you. It, de- it depends if we're talking about, you know, bomb, whatever. Yeah. 
But the receptions, the volume no, of receptions, yes, yes, yes. I'm going with Godwin. But the higher I, I like Godwin. Evans, yeah. I like Godwin in a contract here a lot this year. Yeah. I think he's a good. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. So I do as well. I'm I gonna leave it well. at that. Yeah. So you would you draft Chris Godwin in the third round? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I would. Okay. Would you draft him in the early third? Mm, if I needed a running back, no. But if I really needed a receiver, if I want running back, running back, yes. Chris Godwin or Cam Akers? With the running back scarcity, Cam Akers. Chris Godwin or James Robinson? Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin or Antonio Gibson? Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin or J.K. Dobbins? Absolutely love J.K. Dobbins this year. J.K. Dobbins. I'll give you one more. Chris Godwin or DeAndre Swift? Oh, Chris Godwin. I don't want any Detroit Lions on my team. That's uh, that's easy. Uh, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? (laughs) I'm, I'm going with Chris Godwin in full PPR. I really am. Yep, I agree with you. Full PPR, I'm going with Godwin, non-PPR, and half, I would even go with Evans. But full, Godwin. Uh, Mike Evans or Mike Evans or Cam Akers? Cam Akers. Mike Evans or James Robinson? Uh, Mike Evans. Mike Evans or Antonio Gibson? Mike Evans. Mike Evans or... Mike Evans or Deontay Johnson? Mike Evans. Mike Evans or... Uh, let me think. Mike Evans or Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon. Okay. Yeah. I, I think... Oh, okay. One more. Mike Evans or Miles Sanders? Wow. Uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Sanders, is it's now or never for the guy. I would go Sanders. It's very close. That's, yeah, just it, running backs like are just splitting hairs. You need running back. It's it's running backs is tough. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'd probably go. I'd probably go. But Evans is really safe. He'll always get his. But you have to be prepared for him to miss a game or two. Yep. And always be nicked and nagged with a hamstring injury of some sorts. Yes, I uh, I absolutely do agree with that, Jake. Um, the tight ends. Gronk, OJ Howard, Cameron Bray. This is a disaster. You want no part of the tight ends. Do not draft the Tampa Bay Bucks tight end, please. I beg you. Yeah, I don't think Gronk is terrible. Um, no, I, I, I think you could do worse than Gronk. If at the touchdown potential, is certainly there. It's certainly there. Yeah, give me Hayden Hurst though over Gronk. Um, yeah. In full, in full peep, in PPR formats, yes. Yeah. But I think in non-PPR and half PPR, sure. yeah, g- give me Gronk. Sure. Tyler Higby or Gronk? Tyler Higby. I love no Tyler Gerald Higby. Everett. Yeah, yeah, easy. I love Tyler Higby. Love him, I know, love I'm him, happy. Love him, I have him in my uh, Dynasty League, and I'm so happy that the value is going to be – I know, I have Mark Andrews, too, as my tight end, so. Oh, baby, you could be I'm running looking... that tight end and tight end flex. Oh, my Lord. You're yeah. sitting pretty. I, and you want to know the best part? I traded TJ Hawkinson last year, too. At a boy. At a boy. With, with Jared move. Goff. Good move. Yeah. Good move. Now, now he's gonna be now Jared Goff is holding the keys to TJ Hawkinson's fantasy success. Yep. Poor Good luck TJ. To the owner. 
Poor TJ. Poor guy. Well, that is going to be it for this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. As mentioned before, Jake and I will be back on Sunday for the AFC West Divisional Preview. So make sure you are subscribed to the Basin Talk Podcast wherever you find your podcast. Leave a five-star review, and you will be able to hear that AFC West Preview on Sunday where we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Denver Broncos. So for Jake, I am Bird. We will see you guys on Sunday. Bye-bye.